Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry, as well as dealing with some legendary blokes. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. That's griffinair.com.au. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legend Series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The transition from old school to new school in rugby league arrived in the mid-80s. This guy was the pin-up boy for the changing game, as gifted as anyone I've seen. But who is Greg Alexander? Andy, that's a, that's a big question, isn't it, to start mm. with? Uh, I, I guess I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a husband and a father, first and foremost, um, and, that, and that's who I've been for, uh, Tan and I have been married for nearly 25 years and we've got four boys. I, I guess that's who I am at present. Um, you know, if you want, want to wind the clock back uh, 55, 56 years, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, um, a son to Leonie and Peter and a brother to Megan, Peter, Ben and Linda. Um, but uh, here I am now as a... As a husband and a dad, and uh, amongst other things, Andy, a commentator and a, a board member of Penrith, which I've been for, for, for a number of years, and uh, and also a part of the state of origin side, which has been very fulfilling over the last four years. Yeah, that's a, a very timely plug. Congratulations, mate. The four boys. Um, your wife, Tanya's got so much to look after with five kids in the house, but they're all very different, aren't they? Uh, they are, you know, and that, I, I think that's the case with most families. The, the boys are, um, yeah, all different. Uh, uh, Liam um, Liam works at Fox with me, which is which is great. And uh, Liam was a very studious boy uh, and very clever too. And he could have could have done anything. He could have been. He, his marks in the HSC were high enough to. He, he could have studied anything. Um, in the end, and, and what drove him, he's a movie maker and a writer. And, um, he's done that for, for most of his uh, teenage life. He's a talented boy, Liam. Uh, Braithy is different. Braithy's uh, a boy that grew up in the Northern Beaches but should have grown up in Penrith. Yes. Um, and, uh, where he's playing football at the moment. He was part of the uh, the SG ball side this season, and he's um, he's still training now with the, with the Jersey flag. Um, and then I've got uh, Bo and Ben. There was a 
pretty big age gap between Braith and, and Bo. There's five age, five years difference between the two, and it's like having two families, Andy, the two big boys and the two little boys. Uh, but the little boys are quickly getting bigger. Patrician Brothers Fairfield, Australian schoolboys side, named in the Australian schoolboys team of the century as well. A tag that's been associated with you, best schoolboy ever. That's a huge rap, mate. It is. Um, Andy, there's been great schoolboys uh, over the past 30 or 40 years. The Commonwealth Bank Cup, uh, which was a competition that I was involved in, uh, was huge back then, you know, and it started in the mid-70s. And then, you know, I, I played for Fairfield Patrician Brothers in 82 and 83. And, you know, we played against some of the, you know, some, some great players. I remember it, uh, you know, Holy Cross Ride with our, our arch enemies. There was Ciro and um, Benny Elias and the Gale brothers, Scott and Brett. Uh, they had a great team. Uh, but that was, uh, yeah, I always look back very fondly on those two years that I had at Fairfield Pats. And I thought it played a big part in my career, and and I sort of I, I include that in my career because you know it was such a big thing at, mm. uh, in those days. A Penrith junior, it could have been so very different. You looked at the eels, and you actually went down to training, if I'm right. Yes, I did, and 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 um, being being at Fairfield Pats, you know, Fairfield Pats was part of the Parramatta area, uh, and, and look, I, I I fell in love with that. Parramatta side, and you could not if you're a football fan. Yeah. You know, staunch Penrith, and you know, grew up sitting on the on the railings right next to the uh, the tunnel uh, there at Penrith Park. You know, you couldn't help but admire Sterling, Kenny, Ella, Growth, Cronin, uh, and so I, I sort of as as a schoolboy fell in love with the, that Parramatta side and uh, got an invitation from Jack Gibson, and I don't know how it actually came around, but I think someone rang the school from Parramatta and invited me down to train. So I remember going down to Granville Park where the the Eels were training because Cumberland had been burnt down and uh, Parramatta Stadium still hadn't been built. So they were training at Granville, and uh, I remember running around like it was was really an out-of-body experience. Um, Schoolboy running around with... Uh, Steve Eller and Brett Kenyon. Steve Steve Eller had seen me, and and those that those Parramatta players that had played in the Origin game in '83. Uh, I played in the Under 18s New South Wales side, and um, I remember Steve Eller sort of talking to me as we were jogging around Granville Oval. Um, you know how impressed he was with me in that game, and I thought it was just the best thing ever. Um, and I did go and talk to Dennis Fitzgerald when I finished school uh, in 83, but I think I was just going because, you know, it was such a big thing, Dennis Fitzgerald asking me to come along and have a chat about you know, possibly playing for the Eels. I was never going to do it, but I certainly enjoyed the attention uh, for that for that period. Your debut for Penrith in 84, you played 23 games in first grade, scored 10 tries. What stands out from your rookie year, mate? Because it was a beauty. I remember talking to uh, Roger Cowan, Tim Sheens, and, and Tim Sheens sort of Tim Sheens was the one that um, you know I decided that uh, Penrith was definitely the place I wanted to play. Uh, there was no there was only one player on sign on fee um, in the '84 season, and I didn't I didn't have a sign on. I just signed on for match payments. Um, Royce was the only player on a contract. The rest of us, the rest of the club, were signed on for match payments only. Uh, which is quite incredible, and it was it was six hundred dollars a game. If you played first grade, win, lose, or draw, you got six hundred dollars. 
which I thought was a fortune. You know, so I'm thinking, well, if I can play half the season in first grade, you know, I might make six, eight thousand dollars. That's uh, that would be enormous. Uh, so we had a, a good group of juniors coming through, and uh, it was a good mix. And you know, we went within an ace of uh, in one match of uh, making the finals that first year. Uh, and I remember our last game, we had to beat Parramatta. Of all teams, we had to beat Parramatta in our final game. It was at Penrith Park, which it was called then. And 23,000 jammed into Penrith Park. There still was there was no grandstand on the eastern side. It was just a big hill. And uh, that was that was certainly the biggest game I'd ever played in. Parramatta got us that day, but we were gallant. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a big win by the Eels. They beat us by eight or ten, I think, but... Uh, you know, that was the first year. And that was really the start of our build-up to, you know, the premiership that came seven years later. It, sort of, it started that year with, you know, a few of us making our debuts and, uh, and Penrith turning their fortunes around. The game was different in the early 80s. Catching a pretty little halfback was almost a badge of honour for an ageing prop forward. Who were the ones that you played against that gave you the old unofficial welcome to first grade? Was there... Any angry old front rowers that stand out? Um, there was, yes, and it was it was Bash the schoolboy. Um, that was the, the that was the call, and, and I've I've told many people this, you know, and, and it didn't matter whether it was it was South Sydney uh, at Redfern Oval was um, an interesting place to play. Uh, the, the Dragons of '84 were, were brutal. Their, their forward pack. They went on to play in the grand final. They were a very good side in 84 and 85. Of course, they played in the grand final in 85. But uh, Craig Young, Robert Stone, uh, Jansen, uh, Graham Wynn, O'Grady, uh, you know, the South's pack of Boyle and Davidson. and They were all pretty tough. And it was, um, you know, a completely different game to what it is these days. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that, you know, it was... Um, it was it was quite brutal, but that's that was the game back then. That's that's what we expected, and um, you know you just had to bite your teeth and get on with it. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic, and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. Dallium Medal in your second year. Dallium Halfback of the Year as well. An era with halfbacks, names like Peter Sterling, Steve Mortimer, Craig Goldman, all wearing seven, all at the top of their game. It's a fair list to beat. What does the Dallium mean to you, mate? Uh, yeah, well, it was a, it's a great individual achievement. You know, I, I you know, Dally M was, um, well, and it still is. It, it's, you know, the most prestigious award we've got in the game. Uh, it, was, it was still quite new when I when I won mine because Rocky Laurie won the first one in 1980. So it was only half a dozen years old. Uh, but I'd been to the, the Dally M's the year before and it was always a big gala dinner. Um, uh, and in those years, it was held at the St. George Leagues Club. Uh, so that, yeah, it, yeah, it was. You know, I I thought it was a, yeah, you know, and I still look back on it as being a great achievement to be able to to win the Dally M. 
you'd progress and just 12 months later, you were called into a kangaroo tour squad, I think as a replacement for Eric Groth. So you're 21 years of age on one of the greatest ever rugby league tours. What stands out from your time away? I think just the, uh, just how good the, the, you know, the players were, just what good blokes. And I didn't know what to expect, but, you know, the senior players on that tour, blokes like Noel Cleal and uh, Chris Mortimer, and um, there was a host of them that were that were just so good. I, you know, I loved that. That was a great three months. I didn't want it to end. And then there was, a you know, a crop of young, young players that, um, you know, that I played with and against all my junior career with Paul Langmack and uh, Ciro. Um, but it was just uh, the time of my life and to to be on that tour. And, and I, I got called in late too. I, Tim Sheens rang me uh, as I was leaving for the airport uh, to go to Hawaii and said, you're in. That was the best phone call I'd ever had um, because I was really disappointed missing out. Not not for any other reason that, you know, and I didn't think that, you know, I, I should have been in front of some of those the players that were picked. And Desi was, Desi was um, you know, the other halfback along with Peter Sterling. Uh, but, uh, and I, I became a utility on that tour and played 5-8 centre and wing and uh, played a, I don't even know if I played halfback. Might have played a couple of games at halfback, but uh, it was just the best time. Kangaroo tours, those full kangaroo tours that lasted for three months were, uh, it, the, the current crop of players, you know, that don't, that haven't experienced that, that's, you know, something that they're, they're you know, they are really missing from the modern game. Who was your roomie and what did you learn from them? Um, roomie on, well, on both tours. So the 86 and 90 tour was Dale Shearer. So I got Rowdy both, oh, both, dear. both tours. Um, he was a good roomie, Rowdy. Um, and we're both the same age. You know, we're both 21. Uh, he was a great player. Um, and he was playing for Manly then. Uh, and... Um, yeah, we we were good. '86 was a was a great tour, not with with Rowdy, and and we knocked around a fair bit with each other because he was he was pretty good mates with Desi and Terry Lamb. Uh, me and me and Barbie came pretty close on the, on the tour, and so it was me and Desi and Rowdy and and uh, and Terry Lamb and Bar. Uh, sort of, you know, we'd look after each other and make sure that if we we're going out, we we ended up coming home with each other and watched each other's back. So. Uh, that was good. Rowdy was Rowdy was great. Ninety was a little bit different with Rowdy. It was he uh, he had his wife over there, so I, I barely saw Rowdy. He was in and out of his out of the room. Um, Delisi's wife was staying somewhere else, so you know, Rowdy would disappear for for a day or two and come back and get his training gear and turn up to training, and then disappear again. But no, it was good, it was good roomy, Rowdy. There's a good example of what a career in coaching can do to you, Desi. 1986 to Desi 2021 is a completely different fella. Yes, yes, he is. Um, yeah, coaching, no doubt, coaching can change people. Me and Des knocking around a fair bit in the uh, the 86 tour. Um, I roomed with Desi in the 89 tour. That was three weeks of New Zealand. Des was good. Des always brought music with him. We always had some music in our room, which was good. Speaking of 89, that was when you'd make your test debut. Penrith's first homegrown Aussie representative. What does that honour mean to you? Um, yeah, it's one, it's one of those things, Andy, that you don't really think about it. But, it, you know, it sort of certainly meant something 
to be the first, you know, homegrown Penrith player to, to pull on the Australian jumper, it, you know, it does mean something. But they're the sort of things that you really, you know, dwell on. It's nice, and it's but it's just happening. It's happening, and you don't give it too much thought. But but you know, it it's 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 a good thing. Back in Australia, something special was building at Penrith, albeit slowly, and you dated it back to, in fact, 1984. It was genuinely a four- or five-year progression, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It took it took us time. Um, and, you know, 84, 85, we made this... 85, we made the semis for the first time in the club's history. Uh, so the club had, was, uh, you know, 19 years old and uh, took us to 1985 to, to make the semis. Uh, then we, we, we didn't make the semis in 86. We, we came close. Um, 87 wasn't a great year. And then 88, Ron Willie took over as coach. And that 88 was the year that, that the young, the players that were a couple of years younger than me, like uh, like Cardi and Johnny Cartwright and Mark Geyer, uh, they became established first graders. Brady Zay was always there but, and Wiz was a great player. It might have started in 84, Andy, but uh, it accelerated in 88. We made the finals in 88 uh, and then again in 89 and we got a little bit closer and we might have finished second and we knocked out week one and week two and then, of course, it was 90, the two grand finals in 1991. 87, I reckon, apart from the Les Boyd-Bob Cooper incidents earlier in the decade, the one I remember from a childhood that leaves a bad taste is you were the victim, mate, of a horrendous eye-gouging on the field. What do you recall of the day and the aftermath? Because that was probably the first time that you had seen the ugly side of rugby league. You know, my eye was bleeding, Andy, and I remember the incident quite well. A couple of Dragons players held me, and Steve Lanane came in, um, and, and stood, stood, you know, under me and tried to... All of a sudden, his hands had buried in, in my eyes, and I couldn't defend myself because... The other players uh, had my arms, so it was left me quite vulnerable. And you know, yeah, when I came off the field, my eye eyeball like it wasn't blood on the eyelid, or it was actually my eye was bleeding. So it was it's pretty serious. And I remember the doc saying, "You were, you know, I was quite lucky that that wasn't serious, you know, and permanent damage." Uh, but he got twenty weeks for that incident. But it wasn't only me; it was uh, Doug Delaney and Jamie Thompson. Doug, Dougie replaced me when I came off. Uh, Jamie Thompson was our hooker that day, and he, he eye gouged all three. I remember all three of us going to the judiciary that night to um, give evidence. So he's probably lucky he only got 20 weeks. So it was three separate eye gouging incidents out of the same game. He was, God knows what what was going through his mind that day. I, I really I can't explain it. Ever seen him since? No. No, never, never seen him. I think it's, I think Steve Lane was a Newcastle boy. I, yeah, but I think he went back and he might have gone back and played in Newcastle. But no, I, we've never crossed paths again. Family and football. Let's see if I can get it right. You and your brother Benny played. Pete played lower grades. Your brothers-in-law are Peter Shields and Mark Geyer, who both married your sisters. Your brother-in-law is Cameron King. Your father-in-law Johnny King, another Panther. Have I got the lot? Have I got the, the whole family tree? Well, you have, but not not Johnny King. Um, John King. John King did play for Penrith, but he isn't. Uh, he's not Tan's dad. Tan's dad is Steve King, um, and Steve was a country footballer. He he played lower grades for Penrith, and then um, then 
then left Penrith and uh, for the next 15 years played country footy where he you know, went around places like Wellington and um, Condoblin. Um, he ended up in Wagga, which is where Tanya uh, grew up. So Tan was originally a Penrith girl. She was born in Penrith, but uh, ended up growing up in Wagga, spent you know most of her school life in Wagga. Uh, because Steve retired down there. Steve finished playing with um, one of the clubs in Wagga and uh, and stayed on in Wagga, where he still is, and uh, and that's where Tan grew up. But the rest of the family tree is is spot on, Andy. You've got, yeah, Cameron um, is Tanya's brother, and, uh, of course, you know the rest, you know, uh, MG and Shieldsy and Pete and Ben, yep. MG, the great man. What's your go-to MG story growing up? I would imagine there is a few. Yeah, there is. There's 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 hundreds. Um, my, my my of those years when we were playing footy, my, the, the the most vivid memory is being out after, apart from him destroying people on the footy field, is being out and just always wary about who was looking at him or who who he was looking at, and. Uh, and making sure that you know the looking was all that was happening and not anything else. So um, I, I remember saying to him a couple of times, um, and him and his, his mate, his, his good mate, and my good mate Spook, Spook. Uh, boys, don't ruin the night. Just let it slide. Yeah, just be be, be cool. <laughs> let 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 it slide. Anyway, um, look, I, I yeah, MGs. You know, MG was a, a practical joker and he loved um, revving up his teammates and some of the things that he did to his teammates were very unkind but very funny. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The weekly wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business, as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends.